Welcome to the Parker Avery Group's podcast series, Talk Retail to Me, where we offer insights and realistic advice from experts in the retail and consumer brands industries. If you're new to Parker Avery and this podcast, we are a leading retail and consumer goods consulting firm with over 600 years of collective experience, both as consultants as well as leadership positions in the industry. Our firm uniquely combines deep industry experience with consulting expertise and world-class talent to deliver meaningful results. Our approach allows us to build successful, long-term relationships with some of the most recognizable retail and consumer brands in the world. If you're interested in learning more about the Parker Avery Group, we invite you to visit parkeravery.com. Hi there, this is Trisha Gustin, and today I am joined by our president and managing partner, Clay Parnell, along with Dave Seeley, who recently joined the Parker Avery Group as a senior manager. Dave brings a tremendous amount of retail experience across operations, merchandising, and IT. And we wanted to introduce Dave and talk a little bit about his background, as well as what he looks forward to with the Parker Avery team. So welcome, Dave. Welcome, Clay. How are y'all today? Thank you. Fabulous. Dave, welcome to Parker Avery. We're obviously super excited to have you join the firm. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. So tell us a little bit about your background, kind of your life before joining Parker Avery. So I grew up in the merchandising space at a big department store. Started out in the buying ranks and and planning ranks as an assistant buyer. And grew up just like a lot of merchants do doing the hard work to get through the levels and so forth and did different roles uh, throughout my career within the merchandising and planning space, different levels of responsibility, all around systems, technology, and business process. So I was kind of the internal consultant and the merchandising space. I took on additional roles as I grew. I got into the analytics uh, space, did reporting and BI work there. So that was of big interest to me. Also developed some skills in, in programming, which was kind of more of a hobby for me, but I really liked it and was able to bring the, the technology into the business. And, and that really you know helped me out with my career. Uh, then I decided to take the leap and go over to uh, the IT space. And we worked to develop some of the big uh, merchandising systems that at that time the department store had put in. So got a lot of great experience in big, big company retail and all the problems that go along with it and the change that's involved and, and so forth and learned a lot about technology and, and uh, how it works with the business. So after that, I, it was a long career, did a lot of different types of things, different roles and different subject matters, but a lot in what Parker Avery Group does in assortment planning, merchant planning. After a long career there, I decided to, to take a break and uh, do some private consulting. So I did that for a couple of years. And then lastly, did some work at a startup. Robotics technology for retail is really what the subject was. It was very fascinating to work with you know, something that was on cutting edge. It was AI, it was machine learning, but it was also interfaced with hardcore just retail. And so you're working with that company to help them grow as a small firm and then, then figuring out how to implement that and get value out of it. And so that's, that's pretty much my story. That's a great background, Dave. You, you certainly fit the profile of, of a lot of others here at Parker Avery, heavy retail industry background in both business and IT prior to jumping into consulting more recently. I know it's only been a few weeks, but has anything surprised you since you've joined Parker Avery? No, I mean, the first thing I just always want to do is meet the people. So I mean, I've met about 16 or so folks across uh, the company, both in the analytics side 
as well in the merchandising space. And, you know, it's just, we all know a lot of the same people. It's very clear. I mean, retail, even though it's big, it has a lot of uh, characters, I like to call them, that are in our industry. So it's been interesting to, to, to share notes with them, but it's clear how deep the experience is here. I mean, just knowing all the, even though there's a common thread of, of knowledge, there's also lots of different experiences. And, uh, you know, the other interesting thing is just that everybody loves it. They're, they're happy with the, the way the company runs it and runs. I mean, we work hard, clearly, but there's a level of respect for the people. And, and that also is balanced with the, the clients and doing the right thing for the clients. And so it's a common theme. Great. Good to hear it. How, how are you introduced to the firm? Well, during my journey, I ran into Clay, like a lot of others. We did a project back in the day, a while back, right? It was one of the big merchandising transformation projects. And so I met Clay and some of the other cohorts from KSA at that point. And uh, that's how I met him. And I've just stayed in touch with him as I've gone through my journey to just stay connected and, and talk shop for a while. And so that's how I got uh, connected with him and just happened to call him up back at the end of last year and said, hey what's going on and, and sort of talk about the business and potential opportunities. So that's how we, we hooked up. Yeah, there we are. You know, that, that was, I, I still look back on that one project and I think Dave, it was over 20 years ago now, you know, I was at, at Kurt Salmon, you were, we'll just say it was Macy's, but that was back when it was still federated department stores. And one of the objectives of the project was to look across different planning processes at the different banners. So, we, we literally had a traveling road show, you know, up to New York for Macy's East, Atlanta, obviously Riches, Miami was, was Burdine, Seattle was Bon Marche, San Francisco was Macy's West. I think we even hit Cincinnati, the, the, the home office. And it was a combined Macy's and, and Kurt Salmon team. And we, you know, it was kind of like what you just mentioned. We, we worked hard, but the, both think both teams, you know, had fun together, working together, learning from each other. So it was it was a it was a really really strong strong project. Yeah, it was it was a there was a lot to learn there. There was a lot of challenges uh, to get everyone to work together and to try to get to consensus of things. So it was uh, it was a heavy lift for the, for us, but it was good. It was a heavy lift, and we got to go up to New York in the Herald Square office uh, a few times and present to the executive team. So that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually was on the way to Macy's Herald Square when nine eleven happened and got diverted. That was one oh of the key meetings, just as an interesting little side note. Um, yeah, I, I actually remember that day because initially I was scheduled to go up with you and Jim and we decided it made sense just to have it be internal only. And obviously that Monday just transpired the way it was. Fortunately, you guys were able to land elsewhere and slowly make your way back to Atlanta. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Dave, you mentioned the robotics project that you were on and, and you and I spoke about this a little bit when we had our introduction meeting a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's really interesting. You said it was a startup firm, but as if I recall correctly, it's a startup firm, the robotics firm is, but the company you're working with is a big retailer. Is that correct? Yeah, big, big home improvement retailer, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that project, because that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it was a technology inventory, a deployed robot in a store, autonomous robotic solution that scanned at night for stockouts, as well as other valuable information. So I was able to feed that to the associates so they could fill in product uh, right very much at the time that it was out versus waiting for the systems to, to catch up. So it really pointed spotlight on a lot of the things that I think we're running in today with 
inventory management issues and inventory issues and bad on hands and where do you fulfill for stuff from and, and things that I've just run into with talking to folks on the phone. And you know, it's, it's solving the problem at the end of the process, right? You're, you're already inaccurate at that point, but it's, it's a great solution because it's what they call ground truth at the home improvement. It's, you know, the systems say one thing, but the people, the robot does not lie. The cameras that collect information and process it, it, it is what it is at the time it captures it. So it is a pretty cool piece of technology and uh, leverages all the AI, machine learning, deep learning capabilities that vision technology has today. So it is a pretty impressive product. And have they continued to roll it out to their stores? Are they still in testing mode? And then the second part of that question is, have they integrated that with things like in-store fulfillment and those types of capabilities? They're in process of, of rolling out. I mean, it's something that you have to be very careful with when you're introducing a piece of technology like that into a store environment. So it's it's something they're taking, everyone's taking baby steps to introduce it, but they're, they're on a path to, to learn, right? Which is great. They're investing in technology to see if it works and being careful about how they implement it. It is a dramatic change, as you can imagine, to the way a store operates. And so there's, there's being very careful, but I think you know, things are very prominent. Nice. So moving forward with, with Parker Avery, I know you mentioned analytics. What, what are your areas of interest and focus as you dive into some of the client projects with Parker Avery? Well, I mean, and we, I talked when I joined about the analytics side, because I'm pretty passionate about the technology side of it. I've invested a lot of, of energy in learning programming and technology and machine learning. But to combine it with the merchandising space is, is a pretty exciting thing. And it's something that I think everyone struggles with. Everybody likes the, the, the keywords, analytics and machine learning and all that, but how that actually translate into real decisions that merchants make, that would be an area that I'm interested in trying to pursue. It takes energy and it takes, you know, the ability and, and risk to incorporate that. So I'm interested to, you know, work to, to try to leverage that in a real, real retail environment. Some of the stuff's, I think, you know, if the analytics folks were on the phone, it's, it's nice to have, you know, but does it really help you sell pants? That's the question you got to ask yourself. If it doesn't, right. then, you know, it's not, not that good. It's interesting, but it's not effective. So that's one area that I'm interested in pursuing. I think that's actually a great opportunity, Dave, for you and for Parker Avery. I, I've, I've told this uh, to other people. There's other, you know, small, midsize, even large firms that do what we do in merchandising and supply chain inventory management. There's other firms that do work in analytics and in and, and around analytics. There are very, very few firms, certainly of our size, that combine the strength in the merchandising business processes along with analytics. So I think it's it's really a fabulous opportunity, again, for you and, and Parker Avery. Well, and it's one thing to get really excited about the analytics. You know, we've got our analytics teams and they can get really, really deep into the algorithms and the math and the deep science. And But it's a whole nother ball game when you start translating that to the merchants and how it's going to impact their jobs and, and how they're going to work, dif- work differently with this new science and understand it to, to the point to embrace it and be able to, to drive their, you know, better decisions and get excited about it versus it being a scary technology for them. It's a change thing too, as much as anything Mm -hmm. you think about the, some of the early analytical capabilities around pricing optimization and so forth. There's a lot of trust that has to go in there, right? Especially when you're dealing with markdowns and people's bonuses and so forth. So Mm -hmm. the same hurdle here, 
you're making buying decisions based on what a computer said. So it's, it's got to have a leap of faith. So there's a, it's the importance of change management and what you, what we do here is, is important part of that. So Dave, I know you're from Atlanta. Tell us a little about your family. What do you do for fun? Yeah. So I have a wife and a son who goes to Georgia state. My wife has a Pilates. He's a Pilates instructor that she runs out of our basement, does video and in-person training there. And so we've been here at Inman Park in Atlanta for about 12 years now. Love it. Great town. Lots of fun. I'm a, I'm a woodworker. Uh, that's what I do for my hobby. In addition to computer programming, I do a lot of woodworking and furniture making. That's kind of my, my hobby. And I like to cook a lot. I do a fair amount of cooking too. So I've, I've developed that over the years of the pandemic, being isolated. So, so yeah, those are my, those are my key things. Well, you're a cyclist too, are you not? Don't I do. I do like to ride bikes. So yeah, my son and I go out and, and ride a fair amount to, to get out. So do mountain biking and other biking. And nice. I, we, we used to do a fair amount of road cycling, but I kind of cut that off now and went back to running. <laughs> Did you ever leave, actually leave running? No, I never really left running. It was more of a, a more of an add on. Um, yeah. into cycling because my husband did it, but then he stopped, he stopped cycling. And so I just thought, well, I'll just continue running. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't stopped. I'm a little bit like Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, if you ever travel anywhere on business with Trisha, she's going to make you get up really early in the morning and go run with her. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm no Robert. Robert's, Robert's the what? 4 a.m., 7 miles. You guys, yeah, man, like knees and stuff. 2.30 or 3 a.m. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite that early. Yeah. There's a lot of runners, right? There's a lot of runners in the company from looking at the, the uh, profiles of folks. Got to stay busy somehow. Yeah. Cause we're all sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. That's another thing you'll notice. January was a blank. February now is, is almost over. We've got what a week left now. And what's interesting, I find interesting, you know, we were busy before COVID and then COVID kind of clobbered everything. And now I feel like we're even more busy than the busiest times before COVID, even though people are not traveling and there's big chunks of time not taken out now with traveling. I feel like the entire firm is, and get ready for this David, because everybody is just in, in, in a good way, um, very, very busy with, with client work and a lot of the different projects that are going on. Yeah. There's, there's no question we're, we're busier. We've been busy busier for the last year and a half than we ever were. I've been with the firm for seven and a half years now. We've been busy before, but never as busy as this last year and a half has been. It's, it's been a bit overwhelming at times, I will admit. Part of it, I think, is because we're not traveling, although there are a handful of us that have traveled, you know, every couple, three weeks for the last year and a half, depending on the client, but, you know, call it 85, 90% of the firm has not been traveling. It does give you more flexibility in your schedule rather than say, well, I have to travel somewhere Monday morning and I'm only doing that until Thursday. Now you could say, well, I can work on this on Monday or Monday morning by Monday afternoon. I can actually flip over to a different project or a different client. So it, it's given us a lot more flexibility and I think it gives our, our clients more flexibility as well. They don't have to sign up for a four to six person team. They can say, okay, I want to, you know, some of this resource, some of this skill set, some of that, et cetera. It gives both both parties more flexibility, but it it, it does put a, a pretty significant workload on folks to be able to switch from you know one project to another or one just activity area to another, you know, just flipping over to different video conferences, conference calls, what have you. Yeah, it seems challenging to go from A to B 
and retool yeah. <laughs> to get ready for the next subject that could be you know dramatically different, right? Yeah, it's it's great to be busy. I continue to try to to advise people to you know block time on their calendars when they need to. Feel free to turn the camera off if they need to grab a snack or a lunch or something. Feel free to you know hang up the video conference and just do a phone call when, you know, while you're walking around. Do you can do a lot of different That's things good. and still stay you know stay in contact. That's good. Yeah. good advice. I agree. I, I think we all roll with a bit of an adrenaline push. I don't know if that's a retail thing or not, but it feels like oh, being always on just feels like, you know, a challenge, right? It's, it's, that's just the way that I've grew up in the retail business is you, you're supposed to be always on, yeah. you know? And uh, I know just talking to some of the folks here that going into the consulting space and being there, it is more, it, it can be more up and down though too, right? But it sounds like you guys are more up, <laughs> but that up and down is, can be challenging at times when coming from a retailer who's basically, you know, you're, you're going hundred percent all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We've been there. And the other side of that is even though we've been really busy for the last year and a half, as Trisha commented on, you know, when, when COVID hit, we pretty much ground to a halt. I think we went from nine or 10 clients down to one and it wasn't really quite full time. So for, you know, three plus months, it was, it was pretty dark days. I mean, everybody pitched in and like, did a lot of internal projects. And, and actually, I think we grew as a firm very well together during that times. But, you know, like everything else at that time, you didn't know what was going to come next. You didn't know how long it was going to last. And, you know, there's a period of time where we truly did not know if there's still going to be a, a, an entity at the end of 2020. Now, by the end of the summer, we were going strong and that fourth quarter was the strongest fourth quarter we'd ever had. So it turned around pretty quickly. But I think because of how dark it was during those three or four months. I think everybody was willing to do it anything, anything they could to pitch in and make sure that, you know, we not only survived it, but we really, really kicked it into the gear and thrived coming out. So it's, it's, it's been very rewarding to, to see what happened. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we definitely grew stronger as a culture. I think we might've found our culture or at least deepened it during those kind of dark days as you called them because we just bonded together. So Dave, you're in good company. I can say I'm, I'm now going on my ninth year or going into my 10th year with the firm. And I've enjoyed every, every second of it. Well, uh, most of the second. A lot of people say the same thing. Most it's, it's most cool. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's wrap it up. Dave, I haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could give, give a minute to the world Dave Seeley's viewpoints on what retailers should do. Why? Yeah, it's a big, broad question. Well, I guess the core thing is is trying to keep it simple, right? And, and not make it so complex that you can't make decisions. And the fundamentals, I ask this question of everybody I talk to about the fundamentals, because they are the same fundamentals that exist across all retailers and all sizes. We're working with a very small client right now, and guess what? They need the fundamentals, but also the big guys need the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I say, stick to your, stick to your guns and the fundamentals to make it work. You know, and, and you know something executed simple is much better than something complex not executed. And that's <laughs> that's been that's been the truth ever since I started. You know, in in the business. So that would be one cool thing. I think uh, from the first thing, the second would would likely be you know. Test and learn. You got to try different stuff. 
you know, the fundamentals are the base, but, you know, the business is changing and you're going to have to innovate, right? And do it in a very, in a, in a very trusting way. You're going to have to take a risk. <laughs> and so the people who will win will have, will take those risks and, and do a good job. And there's several examples out there of, of big retailers who have done it. So I think that would be the, the second key thing from where I said. I think those are great points. Certainly the fundamental piece is, is I think, one of the reasons that Parker Avery has been so successful. You know, we'll, we'll help our clients think about the new shiny objects here and there, but you know, we're, we're very busy because we help clients either define, deploy, or repair some aspect of, of their fundamentals, their foundation could be, you know, how they set up items, how they're, how they think about their buying process, how they think about planning, how they think about, you know, their overall go to market uh, approach. And, you know, we can talk with clients all day long about vision and strategy, but it really comes down to execution. And that's, I think what we're, what we're really, really good at. And the other thing I would just throw in, just based on my short time here, is the emphasis that's put on change and change management, because it is a thing, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of people, you know, I, myself included, would have like fought to get it out of the statement of work because it was just seemed like unnecessary cost. But you realize that these things do, the principles that change is built on are just, it's just basic logic. There's not a lot of magic to it, but it takes uh, discipline and, and money and time to do it well if you want it to work. And I'm not sure that, you know, the people who have to do that, they'll probably get much better results than the, the people who put systems in and throw them away or write them off in five years, which yep. happens, you know, a fair amount. So I think that's the last more of a learning, I guess, since I got here that, that, that you guys, you know, we are selling those projects, but selling could change management as, as a thing, a part of the projects. And it's a, it, because it works yep. and it's hard, hard work too. I mean, I really value the, the folks who have expertise in that, because you're dealing with some really big personalities here. I'm, and I'm amazed at some of the you know conversations that probably need to happen in the back office to, to get some of those things to work. Yeah, but you're, you're spot on. I, and I, I do agree. That is one thing that sometimes I don't want to say we take for granted, but to your point, while we do call it out distinctly quite often, we also just bake it into what we're going to do and how we're going to engage with our clients. And it does make a huge difference. I think it differentiates us and... And you're right. Some of those those hard conversations are, are what makes it successful. Certainly not all rainbows and unicorns all the time. This is a delightful way to end the podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. And we will catch you on another episode. Very great. Glad you're here, Dave. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kay. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, found value in the content, and got to know our team a little better. Please feel free to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use and feel free to share Talk Retail to me with your colleagues. If you have any questions, please reach out to Parker Avery on our website, parkeravery.com, and join our online conversation on LinkedIn. Just search for the Parker Avery Group.